Good evening. Welcome to Politica Podcast. Uh, today we have J.R. Bird. And J.R., we had you before. I mean, yeah. you're you're in the CD3 race now. Absolutely, yeah. So we were in the Senate race when we talked before. Yeah. And then, obviously, John Curtis decided to jump in the Senate race. He's in CD3. I'm a member of CD3. And we just had a, a lot of people come out of the woodwork and uh, ask us to run in that race. And so after, you know, quite a bit of consideration, we decided that that was the best path forward. So tell me, what 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 should people know about you? Oh, goodness. Well, in CD3, there's... So, you know, when we talked before, we talked about a lot of the federal issues that we face. We talked right. about the budget, energy, you know, the border, and foreign policy. Uh, what's unique about CD3 is a lot of those things overlap. Energy uh, is one of the major things in, in CD3 that I think uh, people are looking at. I think that's a, a big reason why people reach out, reached out to us, is our experience in the energy sector. You know, the public lands is a big issue in CD3. Right. And uh, we live in an area where there's a lot of BLM and public land. And so we understand those issues. And I think somebody or people wanted somebody with those or with that background uh, to represent them in that. So you basically you 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 grew up in that industry. Yeah. Yeah. The oil and gas industry, public lands, you know, the water issues that we face as a state and in CD3. Those are things that I've experienced and have background in and, and experienced my whole life. And so let, let, let's talk about your uh, your background before. I mean, you you were in the oil and gas business, right? Yes, sir. And so talk talk to us a little bit. Let people know what you're doing, what what you have been doing, right? My first experience in the oil and gas industry was in construction, and so uh, actually with a crane operation, and we set up pumping units. Uh, those are the units they extract the oil, you know, and and pump the oil out of the ground. Uh, so that was my first experience, and that was right after high school. And then, you know, went on a mission. When I got back, went back to the oil and gas industry. Where'd you go? I don't think. I went to Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah. So, so did you learn Spanish? Absolutely. Then? Okay. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so, and I love that place. I love the Latin people, great people. But, uh, you know, upon my return, went back to the oil and gas industry, worked construction, pipelining, and those types of things. And then I got offered a job in the supply industry. Worked that for five years. When I, when I got that job, I didn't know it, but that store was losing money, and it had been for over a year. And so when I went to work there, after two months, they made me the manager. And three months later, we had our first month in the black. And this, this was when you were in your early 20s? I was 23 when I took 23. that job. Interesting. And so in, after five years, they sold the company. And when they sold, dollar for dollar, our store was the most profitable store throughout the nation, which I thought was pretty good going from, you know, losing money in five years to making money. I saw I had a knack in that, you know, industry and, and with doing that and started my own business oh. in that same industry. So, so what did your business do? Same thing, supplies in the oil and gas. So pipe, valves, fittings, uh, those types of things to plumb the oil from the wellhead to the tanks and then get it from the tanks onto the trucks and then ultimately to the refineries. So we participate in that. You know, he had John Curtis uh, in about a week ago, and uh, he started talking about uh, uh, a lot of the problems. He, you know, there, there's a real war on on oil and gas, on any fossil fuel, right? Sure. I kind of liked his approach to, uh, you know, saying that, you know, as a conservative, we really need to... <laughs> 
Yeah, and and in fact, you know, I think John has done a decent job in telling the the real story of the extraction industry, the oil and gas industry, the coal industry. And he's talked a lot about the mitigation that's happening to, you know, mitigate the negative impacts of those industries on the environment, which I think is good because I think we talked about this before when I was on your show. Right. Uh, nobody does it better than us in the United States and in my mind in the UNA Basin. We take care of our environment here. You know, look at Russia and a few other uh, oil producers and compared to us, it's very dirty how they produce their oil. So John is really focused on, you know, those those negative impacts of the oil and gas industry and how they're being mitigated here in our country. What I want to focus on and add to that are the are the social and economical and health benefits of the oil and gas industry that really don't get talked about. So yes, we're taking care of the negative impacts, but look at all the positive things that the oil and gas industry has brought to our society. And uh, those are some of the stories that we need to tell as well. You know, it, it, it's interesting. I, I, I visited out there and it was interesting when I saw the oil that was coming out of the ground. A lot of wax in that oil. There's, yeah. it, it's, it's really good for a lot of different things other than just gasoline, right? Oh, absolutely. Pharmaceuticals, plastics, I mean, you name it. So the medical industry, you know, you look at everybody wants to talk about electric vehicles and they want to talk about all of these other things. Well, you look at uh, the amount of oil products that go in to produce those. And we're never going to completely eliminate it. And, and uh, so that waxy crude is where a lot of those things, it has a lot of, uh, I would say, those characteristics that are beneficial in those areas. So. Right. So, so when, when you look at that from a policy perspective, what, what are the kinds of things you're going to be pushing for uh, along those lines? Well, that's a good question. That's a that's a great question. And we were just talking with Rob Bishop about this earlier today. And really, there needs to be a, you know, we talk about the energy sector, and a lot of times that is affected by the executive orders in the presidencies. And so we've seen these pendulum shifts between energy and oil and gas from Trump to Biden, and even before that, and it can be devastating. But what I would like to see is a 50-year master plan. In Roosevelt or any other city, you have a master plan that dictates how you move forward with, you know, your growth and everything else. And and that master plan really uh, guides your legislation and those things that you do, your your day-to-day -day decisions. On a federal level, we need a 50-year energy master plan. And that master plan really should guide and direct our decisions uh, federally to make sure if we're going to transition that's fine, but it's going to be calculated and there's going to be processes and steps put in place to make that a smooth transition. And what does that do to the oil and gas industry in the nation? It stabilizes that industry. We have that smooth transition, but ultimately who benefits is the public because they're not caught in this, you know, this, uh, this huge pendulum swift right. shift between energy policies that is super devastating to, to the general public. Yeah, that that really that really does need some work, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, I I, I don't know if you saw the bill that just came out uh, from the state legislature, but we're we're going to severely push back against the federal government. I've heard about that. Yeah, I haven't read all of it, but I've heard about that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So so I think you know, I mean, that's that's a crucial thing for Utah, and especially 
the part of Utah that you live, right? Absolutely. So CD3, if you look at the eastern side of the state, I mean, it is the largest energy producer in the state. And it's interesting that that if you section it off, I, I don't think they could have drawn the lines any better to to have, you know, the coal and oil and gas industry all in one section of the uh, of a district. But they have, and that and that's what it encompasses. And it's a it's a major issue, not only for us in our district, but the whole state. Well, let's take a break and uh, we'll come right back. All right. Guys like me aren't supposed to run for office. We aren't born into money or power. For us, success isn't given, it's earned. So what can we do when those who are supposed to represent us don't? Those who voted for bigger government, opened borders, and attacked our freedoms? People who make millions playing politics in D.C., spending our money, and leaving us with less. What can I do? I won't let them off the hook. My name's Rod Bird, Jr. I've made my life and my livelihood here in Utah. And once again, Republicans voted with liberal Democrats and President Biden, leaving their party and us When I was behind. a kid, my family lost our home in a fire. To get by, we lived in a shed. The only thing career politicians are worried about losing is their next election. My dad taught me the power of hard work, and things got better. I worked construction, welded, and served as a volunteer firefighter. I learned the value of a dollar and hard work. Politicians never have. I made my own way with a lot of sweat and sacrifice from my whole family. And when I built my businesses from scratch, I did it here, in Utah. Politicians, they line their pockets in Washington. So we shouldn't be surprised when people who didn't grow up like us, haven't lived with us, don't vote for us. If you believe in limited government, securing our border, guarding American jobs, rescuing our constitutional rights, and putting regular people ahead of special interests, join me. Let's work together for a better future for our children. I'm Rod Bird Jr. It's time America hears from one of us. Welcome back to Politic. We're, we, we've got J.R. Bird here and uh, candidate for CD3. Yes, sir. So, so we were talking a little bit about, you know, we, we talked about oil and gas. And, you know, one of the things I think that's, that's, that's important to the state is, is the federal lands issues. And you touched on that a little bit. But what, what's, what's your idea for helping us get control of our own destiny. So, yeah, that's a great question. And, and to give you an idea of how, you know, the federal lands affect even the oil and gas industry and a lot of our uses, uh, you know, we're talking about the national monuments um, and those types of things that are that are affected because the federal government has purview over those lands. But as it relates to oil and gas, for example, when uh, President Biden put the executive order out there to to restrict drilling on federal lands, um, that really impacted our state. It really it pushed a lot of that drilling onto private land, which is okay. Uh, but how we get that back, I know, again, Rob Bishop was one that, that fought very hard. Celeste Malloy is one that's going to fight very hard to get that um, control back to the states and those lands back to the states. But I think it's important to note that, you know, the fact that those lands are public 
I think is a benefit to all of us. And so as, as we look to bring those lands back under the jurisdiction of the state, I think we need to make sure that we have things in place to maintain public use of a lot of that land and not privatize it or commercialize it. And so there's a lot of things that we need to think about and talk about. Ultimately, we definitely want our state in charge of those lands. I think there's nobody better to um, decide how those lands are used than those that are closest to those lands, which are, which are us. I don't want somebody from back east telling us or determining how we're going to use those lands. But I do think there's some protections that we need to put in place as we look at, at bringing those lands back into the jurisdiction of the state. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. I, I I think it's an I think it's really important that that we focus on that though. Yeah. And uh, Rob Bishop was a real loss. Oh, absolutely. I, in terms of in terms of that, in terms of you know, kind of guiding our destiny. You know, he he was kind of one of the more quiet guys behind the scenes, but what what he was able to do, I think, was really important for us. Sure. So so what are the other uh, you know, issues that are important to you? Well, I think another issue that is important to our district is water. And I, and I, not only in the rural setting, but also on the Wasatch Front. So a lot of people, I don't know if they realize, but Central Utah Water uh, Conservancy District takes up seven counties in the state. All but one of those counties is within CD3. 290 some odd thousand acre feet of water comes from Duchesne County over to the hill over the hill to the Wasatch County to provide water. Making sure that we have federal monies to assist in in water projects I think is a big deal. But also one of the biggest challenges I think we face right now in the water arena is the the I wouldn't call it a battle, the challenge that we're having between the upper and the lower basin. And so if, if you don't understand that, just know that there are three states, four states in the upper basin where water has been appropriated. And then the rest, and it's from the Colorado River. So uh, that Colorado River and that water flows down through another four states uh, that are considered the lower basin. Well, they've been using more water than allocated from the 1922 compact. And we haven't been using all of our water, but we are wanting to develop it now. And so there has been a struggle between those two um, entities to see where that water is going to end up. And you know as well as I do, with Utah being an arid state, uh, with water already being a challenge, we definitely need to make sure that we we protect our rights to that water. That's why the uh, Colorado Water uh, River Authority of Utah, it's kind of a long name, but that's why that was created with Gene Shawcroft at the head of that as the chair and really protecting those water rights for CD3 because a lot of the water used in a big portion of the state comes from that district from CD3. Yeah. So any any other things that uh, really are uh, at the top of your mind in terms of of why why J.R. Bird, right? Why <laughs> why should people vote for you? Well, you know, I, I feel like I have uh, unique quali- qualifications for CD3. You know, I'm, I'm from the UNA Basin. I grew up, these issues that we face uh, at, in CD3 are issues that I've dealt with my whole life because of where I've lived and where I grew up. Energy comes naturally to me. Water issues come naturally. I'm an ag producer as well, so I understand the difference between ag water, M&I water, the different uses, priorities. And so... You know, that's something I understand very well. 
you know, we talk about immigration. I've been involved with the Latin community there, um, you know, as it relates to, you know, more of the federal issues, you know, budgetary issues. I'm a business owner. Um, I'm very good at finances. I've taken business, failing businesses and turned them around. So this is my wheelhouse. So I would say, you know, there's a lot of good people in this race, but what it will, what it will come down to is expertise and experience and what we've been able to accomplish and what we'll do when we get to Washington. Very good. So, well, we're, we're about out of time. Yeah. So any, any parting, parting thoughts you might have? All I would say is if you want somebody that, you know, in Roosevelt, Utah, um, as the mayor, there, there were a lot of difficult things that we did there. You know, there was transparency issues that we fixed. Um, the, the things that we were able to comp accomplish as far as like the budgetary issues. Uh, and, um, you know, just the experience that I've, I've uh, had there in Roosevelt will play very well into, into uh, the things that we need in Washington. And I would say if you want somebody like that and with that experience, I would ask for your vote. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rod Bird, JR, thank you for coming, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.